In this episode, we cover everything you need to know before the start of the season. Welcome back to the Cubs Run Podcast. And opening day is just hours away. We are yes, the day before. Is. And very unless excited. You, unless, not you have, unless you have Marquee Sports Network, which I don't, and I'm guessing a lot of you don't, then you will not be able to watch it and you will be sad. So... But for the lucky oh. few of you that do have Marquis Sports Network, you will be able to watch the Cubs game. So, or if you're going there. Yeah, or if you're going, which is also good. That's exciting. Yep, I haven't been to Wrigley in four years, and my first game back is opening day, so it's exciting. No, I went uh, last year. I saw the, I think I went... Oh, did I you got to solve Zach Davies. So that must have been oh, God, that's right. I blocked that out. Yeah, that's what I saw. Yes. Um, yeah, and I saw the Cubs walk off the nuts. That was fun. Oh. All right. Um, we've already went over all the free agent signings, so we won't be doing that in this episode. We'll just... We'll start out with uh, standings predictions. So, give it your go. Uh, Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, Pirates, Reds. Pirates over Reds. Yeah. What are your? What about like records for all the teams? Uh, Brewers. Let me see. I had it written down somewhere. Hold up. I have a bit of my notes. I wrote them down. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brewers, 94 and 68. Cardinals, 90 and 72. Cubs, 76 and 86. Pirates, 71 and 91. Reds, 69 and 93. Looking back on this, I'm not really sure why I had the Cardinals winning 90 games, <laughs> considering they didn't really improve that much. But I do. That could be anywhere from, like, 88 to 90 in my mind. They're not that good. They are good, but they're not that good. Like, the Cubs will probably have a, a, a good number of competitive games against them this year. Yeah, Which probably. really sad for them, so. All right, for me, I had the Brewers in first with 89 wins. Oh, Cardinals in second with 86 wins. Cubs in third place with 78 wins. Reds fourth with 67, and Pirates at 65. All right, then. So, the team team got worse, but the Cubs move up a spot in the standings. Yeah, they do. Um, Cubs in third place, 76 wins. Um, Yeah, that's about right, I would think. At most, I think they get 80. At most. And I would take some luck for that to happen. Nonetheless, it should be fun just to watch all these new guys playing. Whether yeah. Whether the team's not that great. Or... It'll be fun. Especially Seiya Suzuki. It'll be fun to watch him play. Yep. All right. Make a traffic here while I do the podcast. Not easy. Having trouble finding a picture. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. All right. Uh, 
Next up, we got Cubs Awards predictions. Okay. So, start out with MVP. You go. Uh, MVP, Frank Schwindel. Frank Schwindel. Okay. I had Seiya, so that'll tie into my Rookie of the Year pick as well. Okay. Next Young, I had Marcus Stroman. Yeah, Stroman. And rookie year, Seiya for me, obviously. Who is it for you? Uh, Seiya. Okay. Seiya Suzuki. Reliever of the year. Reliever of the year. Reliever of the year. Uh, Ethan Roberts. Yeah, he could definitely be a sneaky good talent this year. Yep. I had a Brandon Davis interesting... stopped striking out challenge. He didn't I strike out again, but damn. Scott Efros for my breakout reliever of the year pick. Alright. Good. Good. And Gold uh, Glove. Gold Glove. Uh, yes. Uh, Angleton Simmons. Yeah, I had Simmons as well, but it's definitely a toss-up between him and Nico. Mm, I don't know about that. Nico's good, but Simmons is, probably, I think, the best defensive well, first up in baseball over the last decade. Well, depending on, like, volume. Like, oh, yeah. Like well, how much Simmons is going to play versus whether Nico can stay healthy or not. Yeah. All right, so those are our picks. What else do we have? Um, I think that's it for awards. Okay. Okay. Uh, next, we have... Uh, oh, there was something else. <sighs> I'll think, but in the meantime... We can name our personal top ten Cubs prospects list. Okay, Cubs top ten prospects. Let's see. Let me go down. Where's my list? I made. Oh yeah. All right. Top ten entering the twenty twenty two season: Brendan Davis, Kristen Hernandez, Kevin Alcantara, Owen Casey, Reginald Preciado. James Triantos, Pico Armstrong, Caleb Killian, Jordan Wicks, and Ed Howard. Okay. And the top two, Davis and Hernandez, are obviously the only top 100 prospects the Cubs currently have, but I would expect and hope that that changes a lot over the course of this year at the trade deadline, you know, the Eric Cosmer trade, I don't know, etc. People getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that trade goes down. Yes. But my top team, number one, obviously, Brennan Davis. Two, yep. Christian Hernandez. Yep. Number three, I went with James Triantos. Uh, four, Kevin Alcantara. Five, Owen Casey. Yes. Six, Caleb Killing. Seven, Reggie Cresciato. Eight, Jordan Wicks. Nine, PCA, and last but not least, Ed Howard. 
All right, then. Hey, uh, the Jets' former head coach, Gase, that guy, kind of looks Russian for some reason. Okay. Just food for thought. I don't know. Just kind of looking at him right now. He looks very Russian. Anyway, uh, moving on. Okay. Yeah. So those are our top ten prospects. Yeah, next we'll talk about uh, how Scott Boris is a bitch. Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah, so earlier today on 670 The Score, uh, and also per some Spanish reporter that has sources but is not verified for some reason, but has been acknowledged as a verified source by John Heyman. Uh, oh, we'll get to that in a minute, too. Um, yeah, so on 670, 670 The Score today, um, there was a report that came in that said that uh, the Cubs... Let me see if I can find the actual tweets. The Cubs made an offer to Carlos Correa, or maybe he didn't make an offer, but were like seriously in on Carlos Correa. But there were quote unquote representation issues with Correa and his camp, and that deal never came to pass. So it was later revealed that, um, oh man, where is it? Oh no, did I not have it? Yeah, so Mike Rodriguez was the one that way, 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 way back in December said he tweeted out something like, oh, Carlos Correa called Javier Baez about the Cubs and, it's, and that sort of thing. And um, Jesse Rogers said that that didn't happen. But Mike Rodriguez is still claiming it happened. And he said um, – an article came out about it, and they offered Carlos Correa. The Cubs offered Carlos Correa a deal for seven years and more than $30 million per year. $30 million. That is well north of $300 million. Another on MLB Network, Steven Nelson said, Correa and the Cubs, there was not just a little smoke there. There was a huge offer thrown Carlos Correa's way in Chicago. But because of some representation issues, let's say, with Correa and his camp, that deal never came to pass. So that that basically means, I was very confused when I first heard it too. So the way that MLB deals work is that, you know, obviously every player, big and small, whether whether it's Terrence Gore or, or in this case Carlos Correa, they have an agent or an agency that represents them and negotiates how much they're paid, you know, does all the stuff behind the scenes for the player on their behalf, you know, kind of like a lawyer, but this time it's like baseball. So, uh, Carlos Correa, before the lockout began on December 1st, had a, uh, a different agent, an agency that he was partnered with that was helping him negotiate, uh, deals and everything. And the Cubs were negotiating and talking to that agency, to that agent that Carlos Correa was with at that time before the lockout, before December 1st, um, about a deal, you know, trying to get something together. Then the lockout happens, and everyone, you know, shuts down. Things are gone for months. So during that time, Carlos Correa said, you know what, I want to make sure I get the biggest deal possible, and he might have actually screwed himself out of a lot of money, at least this year. But um, he said, I want to make sure I get the longest deal possible, so I'm going to switch agents I'm going to switch over to Scott Boris, who is notorious for being the agent that has 
all of the big players, you know, you know, he works for all the big players, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Garrett Cole, you know, now Correa. He works for all the superstar players. Chris Bryant, you know, he and he's notorious for getting uh, players big deals, you know, huge deals, getting them paid a lot. So Carlos Correa understandably wanted to get paid a lot. And so he said, you know what, I'm going to take my business to the best agent in the business. And that was Scott Boris. So he took he went to Scott Boris. So Scott Boris is now his agent. The lockout ends. The Cubs come back. And apparently what happens is they offer Carlos Correa, or they have an offer for Correa that is seven years and some amount of money. It could have been $32 million per year. It could have been $38 million per year. It could have been whatever. All we know is that it was over $30 million per year. And they have it ready for him. It's this huge offer. They're gonna. It's it's a short. It's a shorter deal than Corey Seager's, but it's just you know they're gonna pay him well over three hundred million. But they. But they're, the problem here is not that the Cubs are cheap. That Carlos Correa doesn't want to go to the Cubs. The problem is that if Correa takes that deal, if he takes a deal that the Cubs give him, part of his deal goes to you know like his agent. All right, that's the way it works in baseball. Part of the deal goes to the agent. And I know I'm going on about this for a long time, and I know Cubs win is suffering in the background and I want to talk. But I'll try to wrap this up really quickly. So part of the deal that players sign goes to the agent, you know, compensation, like, you know, just paying him for helping him negotiate the deal, you know. So, but because Carlos Correa switched agents, the whole, like, you know, the, the small part of the, of the money that would have gone to Scott Boris, that would not have all gone to Scott Boris. That would have been split up among Carlos Correa's previous agent and Scott Boris. They would have had to divide it up somehow. So the representation issue part of that is basically that Scott Boris just wanted all the money for, like, the deal. Like, if Carlos Correa was going to sign a mega deal, he wanted all of it. He wanted, like, the... You know, all the money that he would get with that, he didn't want to divide it up, and I bet there was, like, some disagreement about the division. And ultimately, I mean, the deal didn't get done. I mean, hey, it's not like Scott Boris has five other clients making $300 million. Yeah, I know. It's Scott Boris, I, I don't I don't really like that guy very much because I think, I think he hurts free agency. I know he helps his players, but in free agency, I mean, I just feel like he really drags a lot of stuff out and, like, just... I just I remember the Bryce Harper saga just a few years ago. Harper waited until like February or something to sign, or like just the end of January, and it was like it was a huge deal and it worked out for him. But man, I mean that deal held up a lot. It's just he just oh my goodness, just, you know it held up teams. Everyone was wondering where where he would go. It was boring and oh man, it was it was not fun. But yeah, so. That happens. Deal doesn't get done. Carlos Correa says, "You know what? Season's coming down. I'm just gonna sign with the Twins because they're doing something. Um, I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to trade for Chris Paddock right now. I'm just gonna sign with the Twins for three years, 100 million. I'm gonna get my money, but I'm gonna try to build up my stock. I have an opt-out after the first and second year." So basically, that's a glorified one-year deal. He's um, off. He's off the now. There's no. Doubt. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, unless he has like a terrible season or something, yeah. Where you know maybe his back like hurts or I don't know. Like unless he has a terrible season, then yeah, he's a hundred percent opting out and hitting the market next year. And then, 
then he'll go after that huge, you know, Corey Seager length deal, and Scott yeah, Boris well, will get all of the the money that comes with that deal. So this is actually really good news. I don't think Correa is going to be getting ten years after this deal, though. No, I don't think so either. But he's going to get. I do think our chances are increased at getting him next season. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, the, that's why I said it was good news. I mean, the Cubs' yeah. prospects are even closer to the majors. Brennan will be here. Some pitchers will be starting to arrive. They're still going to have a ton of money to spend. They obviously, obviously, really wanted to pay Correa. They really wanted him, but it just didn't work out, and it wasn't their fault. So all they have to do next off season is just turn right around with an even, you know. With a foundation that is even more formed, even closer to the big leagues, all they have to do is turn right around and just give Carlos Correa the money. That's it. They, they have could, the offer. They, they could even to, give like, him that give same offer that they gave him before the lockout ended. Yeah, just like it's probably in their filing cabinet somewhere. Here's the Correa offer. We're gonna give it to him next year or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know, but that's all they have to do. I mean, I. I'm not I'm not gonna be on here saying like, Oh yeah, Carlos Correa is definitely gonna be a cub next year, guys, but I will say that this looks this looks good for the Cubs. If they want Correa again, if they wanna go in that direction, if they wanna pursue him, things do sound good in terms of their pursuit. Oh yeah. So yeah. But yeah, Scott Boris is basically greedy and kept us from getting Carlos Correa this year. So yeah. I hope you all liked my explanation. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, well, it was a pretty long explanation. Covered yeah, every single point. Yeah. Well, I think I think you pretty much covered everything. There ain't much for me to say. Okay. Just, like I said earlier, we can definitely go again for him next offseason with a better chance of getting him this time. So, yeah, and a better player. He drops up. Yeah. Yeah. So, fingers crossed that happens. All right. Um, okay. So, next, I guess, we can finally talk about the regular season. Sorry, not. Yes. Opening yeah. day tomorrow, 220 Eastern, 120 Central. At Wrigley against yep. Milwaukee Brewers, Hal Hendricks first, Corbin Burns, uh, Hendo resurgence bandwagon is here. You ready for it? I am. I am ready for it. We get wide Hendo on the opening day. That's amazing. That's gonna be good. His spring training concerns me. Yeah, but then again, Jock had like 10 homers in spring training last year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I'd be less concerned if Kyle Hendricks wasn't really kind of bad last year, too. But we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he does well. I, I, I still think he is going to do well. Yeah. We'll uh, I think the problem with him last year is he was just – I was looking at his page and like nothing was different except his barrel rate was up like double. Yeah, that like everything good. else. 
So I think the problem was he was just hanging pitches in there and he just has to put pitches where he wants. Not as easy as it sounds, but he's got really good controls. Yeah, there's a difference between control and command, though. Like control being able to keep it in the zone versus command being able to put the ball where you want. So... We know he's capable of both, so hopefully he can just have a better and his pitches hopefully his pitches just aren't flat like they were last year and not hanging, so Yes. I think there's a good chance. I'm uh it's kinda off topic, but I'm looking at the old I just kinda stumbled upon the old renderings of the renovated Wrigley Field from way back in twenty thirteen and fourteen. And it's where that sports book is gonna be. Like the the side of the park where it's gonna be, it looks like it's a sports book. Like it looks like this was always kind of the plan is to have something there, but it looks like it's an entrance too. It's like a. It's interesting. It looks like it's an entrance, but it's weird. It kind of looks like an atrium. That hmm. is that is weird because it's not even close to being finished. So. That's not good, but yeah. No, yes, I do hope Kyle Hendricks bounces back. Um, I think if he's doing well, then that's good. But also, who knows, maybe a team needs an arm. I don't know. That's kind of the mindset going into this year is, you know, all right, we got the Cubs, they're in transition. we got the young guys and the minors. Big highlights of the season for the Cubs are going to be Probably September when the rosters expand. Uh, the trade deadline will be interesting. Also, maybe the first few weeks of the season will be interesting. We'll see. Um, you suppose trade would go down then? Oh, well, I was thinking about it, and I thought, you know, spring training got backed up so much. The offseason got backed up so much. I was thinking that Eric Hosmer trade still makes a lot of sense for the Cubs. They're not going to – they didn't get an extension with Contreras done. Uh I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that, it, you know, it's a possibility. They could still yeah. swing that deal for Eric Hosmer. The Padres really do not want this guy. They have acquired two first basemen this offseason, so clearly he's not their cup of tea anymore, even though they signed him, like, four years ago. But, yeah, so that could happen. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. The first half will be interesting. And then, of course, we have our players to keep an eye on. Hendricks is one of them, but we also got Seiya Suzuki. That's who I'm most excited to see how he does. It'll be fun to watch him. Hopefully he does well. I'm trying to keep my expectations low. Um, but from what I've seen in spring training, you know, he got off to kind of a rough start, but it looked like he was coming around there at the end. So. It's, I think he's, he's like the only right-handed batter to come out of Japan, or Japan so far. Yeah, they're all lefties. I, I kind of so, thought that was weird. That's just so yeah. odd, in my opinion. Maybe it'll be something different, because most of the lefties end up failing, except for Hatani, of course. Well, Ichiro. Oh, yeah, Ichiro. <laughs> Ichiro didn't, didn't fail exactly. Well, not quite. Nope. But uh, the success rate for them is still pretty low. Yeah, that's that's true. I guess we have Otani bringing in a right hander. Maybe that'll spark something different. I don't know. Hopefully, I hope so. I certainly okay. hope. 
Yes. Oh, I'm gonna sneeze again. This is not good. Continue to talk. I'll okay. Whenever I want to. Okay. All right. Moving on. Now we have our uh, score predictions for this Brewer series. There you go. All right. All right. Uh, scores for the Brewer series. Game one. Hendricks Burns. What was your guess? Oh, gosh. Let's say I don't know. Just thinking I don't know, I just I don't want to sound unfaithful. I was just kinda of thinking that it was gonna open with a loss like last year. But who knows? If the Cubs win, I think they'll win like three to two. Uh or four to three. If they lose, I think they'll lose seven to four. Okay. I'll go the Cubs win it two to one. Okay. All right. Game two now we have Justin Steele and Brandon Woodruff. Yes, Steele is number two. Showman is pitching third game. So Woodruff and Steele game two. Okay. Oh wait, wait. Forgot we gotta pick our MVP. Or no, that's for the end of the series, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Forget I said that. Forgot. Okay. Alright. I will. Uh, right. Oh, wow. So, game two. That is uh, Justin Steele. Mm-hmm. All day. Hopefully that game doesn't get rained out. Yeah, uh, if it does, well, then we'll just, we'll, we'll live with it. Well, I'd, I'd be at that game, so I don't. Oh, well, then you won't mm-hmm. live with that, I guess. Yeah. Oh. So your score. Uh oh, let me think. Steel against who? Woodruff? Yep. It's gonna be a tough one. Two to one uh brewers. I'll go three to one, Milwaukee. Fair. Game three, Marcus Stroman's Cubs debut against Freddy Peralta. All right. Uh, Cubs win. I don't know. I think. Yeah, five to three. Five to three. Sure. Okay. I'll say the Cubs take it three to two. All right. That's that's good. And so we each have the Cubs going at least two out of three to open the season. At minimum, it'll be um, uh, one, one and two to begin the year. Oh, we do have a fourth game. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's a four-game series? Mm-hmm. That was three. Four years later, Drew Smiley finally gets to pitch for the Cubs. Oh, yes. And he is facing off against... The infamous TBD making his return to the league. Ah, uh, yes, I love TBD. He was effective for us last year. Very. It was very good. Uh, I think he had an ERA of zero. Always. 
always. He's just that good, folks. Uh, let's get smiley might be good. Sorry? Smiley might be able to do good, but it's he's a toss up. Yeah, I guess so. But it is a Brewers offense, so it probably will all do good. Ooh, that's cool. Wait a minute. Looking at something. Alright, uh, let me think. Smiley against who? TBD. Ah. Hmm. This is tough. I don't really. It's it's gonna be easier when the season starts. We'll have like yeah, like who's who. Uh. Just getting the first predictions out of the way. Yeah. I think. Oh, I'll say. How about eight to six Brewers? How about that? We just have a really dramatic game. I don't really have a prediction for this one. Okay. Why not? Extra inning affair and like tie it up in the ninth or something. I don't know. All right. Uh, I'll go four to two Milwaukee. All right. So we each have the Cubs starting season with a split against Milwaukee. Two and two. Yes. Alright. Um, so what's next? Well, I don't think there is anything else as far as I know. I'm making a weird graphic for opening day. Let's just start, or let's just give the Cubs grade, or Cubs offseason a grade just for the heck of it. Okay. Uh, offseason grade. Uh, I'm going to give it a B. B? Yeah, give it a B. I'll go B plus. All right. Take it. Um, I don't think there's any other Ross news as far as I know. You know what? I think I'm just gonna. I'm trying to make a. I think I'm just gonna take a Wilson Contreras picture that was from a game against the Brewers and just post that. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, John Heyman, we didn't hit on this earlier. John Heyman's kind of an idiot. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said on the radio, like, <sighs> we've addressed this so many times. But, like, he said on the radio on 670, he said, like, something like, I'm concerned for the Cubs. You know, with the revenue that they have, I think they should be spending more. If that was the Cub fam, I would be concerned, like, Okay, I just went I, over this, John. Like, come on, come on. Like Cubs, Cubs fans like to set the bar for a good off season, like five hundred million. So they, they honestly, he must listen to this. them. I'm thinking about this. There is but one owner who would appease the Cub fans. Can you guess who that is? He's dead now. 
Do you know who that is? I was gonna say Steve Cohen, but no. Who 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 do you think is like? Just think about it. He's an owner. He passed away in like 2011. Owner of a big market team. You might not know. Oh yes. Uh, who? Uh, George Steinbrenner. Oh yeah. George Steinbrenner was notorious for going out every season, regardless of the Yankees' payroll, regardless of the holes they had, regardless of you know, whatever, and just spending and getting literally everyone that moved. In fact, there's some old 2003 article that you can look up online that says, like, George Steinbrenner, the Yankees signed every baseball player. Let me see if I can find it. Yankees signed every baseball player. Anyway, I... I say this because the Cubs spent the Cubs' total commitments over the offseason were close to two hundred million dollars. They they outspent the entire NL Central by over ninety million. They don't have a foundation yet. The way to build a team is not by just splurging in the free agent market every year. And we've been over this so many times. I just I really don't want to say this anymore. But it's just ridiculous. I don't I don't what do these people want? This is literally what a, a big market seventy win team does. Like, they don't even do this. The last time the Cubs were this bad, they didn't even do any of this. They were just bad. They didn't sign anyone. <laughs> they didn't sign Seiya Suzuki or Marcus Stroman during the offseason. They signed guys like Andrew Kashner. I mean, that, like, and and Andrew Kashner only... was, like, the big signing for the Cubs. The only notable thing they did the last time was trade for Rizzo, but I don't even think they knew he'd be that good at that point. No, they didn't. Uh, Lanky signed everyone. Oh, yeah, right here. Yankees insure 2003 pennant by signing every player in baseball. Uh, it's, it's a fake article, but it's funny because it's, it's just, it kind of just shows you exactly how. Just how incredible George Stoneman was in the free agent market. But yeah, he's like the only owner that would ever appease his goddamn fan base, which is so stupid! Just, yeah, just, some of them are just... A lot of them. It's all... The old ones the that are just trying to convince everyone they don't spend. I haven't watched a game since <laughs> August of last year, but I'm back. <laughs> and I'm recharged and ready, and oh my god. Shut up. Who cares? I'm sure the Cubs were just devastated that you didn't watch two months of the regular season and then proceeded to tweet about them the rest of the offseason. I'm sure they were just beside themselves with grief. They thought, oh my god, he doesn't care about us anymore. Oh no, wait, he's tweeting about us anymore. Just... It's it's impossible to oh, can't explain anything. Oh my again. god! I just damn. I, I I saw some Nationals post today that said like, you know, oh the Nationals. It was like some picture outside Nationals Park with Max Scherzer on it, and it said the Nationals are using Max Scherzer in a Mets uniform to advertise their home games. It was like Scherzer and Soto or something. And I thought, and like some comment from a Nationals fan said, well, yeah, what do you expect them to do? He won them a World Series and everything. You know, people know his face, that sort of thing. And I thought, if that was the Cubs, 
If that was the Cubs, that would not have been reaction. The reaction would have been, oh, you should have paid him. You should have kept him, even though you were below 500 with him. You should have kept him anyway. That's exactly what would happen. I mean, I bet there are some Cub fans that want to bring back, like, Juan Santo, who's dead, because he was good. I, I mean, they, they probably, there are probably people that would be like, yeah, I could totally see this happen. You know, we should bring back Ron Santo. He's dead now, but by God, he did something good. And even though he's he would be like 80 years old, I mean, there are probably people that want Fergie Jenkins on the rotation. Just, just when the Cubs spend, people complain that they aren't spending enough. When they're winning, people complain that they aren't winning in the right way. When they're losing, people are complaining that they aren't winning. I don't understand. I don't understand the world. Any, I just any Cubs fan over the age of thirty, I just know not to take an opinion from them. Yeah, uh, just it's like the people. It's, I don't know. We said on this so many times. The people that want to go back to the Tribune days, you know. Oh, the Tribune was just as bad as this. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Oh my god, it wasn't. But you were alive for it. That's what I don't understand. The people that complain the most and are like, this is just like the Tribune days and the Cubs are losing again. I don't understand this. Because you were alive for the Tribune days. You should know that it's not this bad. You should know this. But you don't because you just don't. I don't get this at all. <sighs> Man, there was a tweet I made a long time ago that I still have saved on Instagram under the Twitter story thing on my profile. It's from a long time ago. And it says, Cub fans make it very hard to be a Cub fan sometimes. Yeah, that's true. It seems like we talk about this in every single episode. I know. There will come a time when we don't talk about it. Yeah, when we're both dead. It's It's... Yeah, it's, there will come a time when we don't have to talk about this anymore, and we're talking about things like, you know, what are the Cubs' chances in the World Series or whatnot, but that is not today, and I think we should end the episode on a good note by saying opening day is tomorrow, and everyone should enjoy themselves, because we just should watch baseball. This is the one game during the year where no one is in first and in last place, and yeah, everyone has the same record, so let's just enjoy tomorrow. Hope for a win. Yeah, they better win. But I'm going to be going to a lot of games here, so hope for a few wins. Hopefully, opening day. But you never know. That's a good thing about baseball. You just never know. No, you never know. Okay. So, we'll wrap this up. Uh,. So, four game series, so there won't be an episode for about four or five days. Yeah. All right. So, go enjoy Cubs baseball in that time where we aren't talking yes. about ignorant Cubs fans complaining about spending. And yes. Don't be one of those people. Don't. Because there will come a time when you realize how silly you were. And I will come get you.
yeah, so enjoy baseball all around tomorrow for the yes. next four to five days. And as soon as the Cubs are away from the Brewers, we will see you then. All right. Goodbye, everyone.